Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back, everybody. It is time for Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast also heard over the air on The Bet in Las Vegas. If you're listening to us on the radio, welcome. If you're listening to us on the podcast feed, thank you. If it's your first time, do us a favor. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your audio. Make sure you turn on that auto download every time we have a new episode. Guess what? You will get it proactively. You won't have to worry about it. It'll be there with you. And Always with me is my broadcast partner. That, of course, is Mr. Mo Moten. He is a national NFL writer over at Bleacher Report, also Raiders columnist at SportsNot.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at L-V Gully. Mo, a lot of uh, signings by the Raiders. We talked about last show, uh, you, you earned... I think the nickname, you stopped becoming Midtown Mo and you became Misery Mo, as you may, some people were not happy with your assessment, although your assessment was an honest one. Uh, but the Raiders continue to sign players. Uh, they signed some defensive players, but they continue also to offense. Just to recap, the Raiders this week have signed uh, Jaquan Johnson, a safety from the Buffalo Bills. Cam Sims, a wide receiver from Washington. Also, cornerback David Long Jr. from the Rams and just on Wednesday, tight end Austin Hooper, which is a really good signing, and you had mentioned him on the last show. But but seriously, you said to me before the we went on the air, Mo, that uh, the signings here for Dave Ziegler are improving over time. Right, Raider fans weren't happy with the first wave. Wasn't much action after, notable action after they signed Jimmy Garoppolo. 
But I think over the past couple of days from Monday to early Wednesday, I think the signs have been decent. David Long Jr., I know his overall numbers don't look good, but he actually played a good role on that Rams Super Bowl team. If you look at his numbers from just that year, if you take that smaller sample size and you just kind of extrapolate that, if he's a system fit with the Raiders, I think he could be a solid cornerback. Now that CB1, the Raiders still need to draft a cornerback early, but I think David Long Jr. could be a solid number two as a replacement for Rocky Asin, who I believe was the last heard visiting with the Baltimore Ravens, but he hasn't signed yet. And as you mentioned, Austin Hooper, I think he's going to stick on the roster. He'll be a starting tight end. Even if the Raiders draft a tight end, maybe they will draft one in the second, third round. Austin Hooper has some pelts on the wall. He has two Pro Bowl seasons with, I believe, the Falcons. Now, he went to some run-heavy teams in the Cleveland Browns and the Tennessee Titans. So if you're wondering why his numbers drop so significantly, that's part of the reason. But again, those two teams have workhorse running backs and Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry. So not a lot of passes going around. Deshaun Watson had like two years off because of his sexual allegations. So he was rusty coming back. And you had um, Ryan Tannehill, who was hurt yeah. last year. Yeah. So yeah. The, the quarterback play wasn't great at his last two stops. So with, with him coming to the race, I'm not saying, saying Jimmy Garoppolo is, is Patrick Mahomes, but assuming he's assistant fit under Josh McDaniels, Austin Hooper's numbers should jump back up. No question. And, and I think, too, that you know the, the, Raider, the Raiders, um, we talked about it last show, right, which was the, the fact that not a lot of splash on defense, but they're adding bodies. And, and you mentioned it, I think, earlier in the week. Saying that a lot of these bodies might be gone, you know, when you when you get yeah. to the end of the camp. But uh, over time, a guy like Austin Hooper, you expect obviously to make the team, uh, and and you also expect Long to perhaps make the team. And and mm-hmm. I think too though that this shows in in your column, uh, brilliant column. We'll talk about it in the next segment about the Raiders sort of having to nail this draft with the approach they've taken in free agency. But, but, Mo, this shows that they're not done. They're still looking for opportunities to add bodies and add players in key positions. I know, you know with the trade of Darren Waller, Austin Hooper was somebody they had to, I think, go get. You needed an experienced body. Yes, there's lots of tight ends in the draft, but with this draft perhaps starting to sway towards a really heavy defensive draft for the Raiders, perhaps getting those offensive positions shored up is also part of the plan. Absolutely. But I want to touch on something yesterday. We had a discussion and you remember you pointed out that the wide receiver position was probably the only position clear cut that was upgraded um, during for agency. And our guy, not our guy, but SI.com's guy, Hondo Carpenter, said that there's still some smoke around Hunter Renfro and his status with the team. There's buzz that maybe he could be traded around the time of the draft or after. I will say that the Raiders can save close to $12 million if they trade Hunter Renfro after June 1. Right. So this is like going in, this is like before training camp, in between OTAs and training camp. If they trade him out and, you know, before the summer hits, they could still save a lot of money. And one of the moves that made me raise my eyebrow a bit in conjunction with uh, Hondo's report is that the Raiders did bring back Keelan Cole and they signed Cam Sims. Now, I know if you look at Cam Sims' numbers, nothing to write home about. But he's a six-five wide receiver, and basically, whoever is behind Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers is probably your number three. So you're not asking for that guy to have 100 catches, a thousand yards. Cam Sims can get you number three wide receiver numbers. So if the Raiders can get something substantial for Hunter Renfro, I wouldn't say that he's in the clear yet. Yeah. But you're right. As, as far as the draft is concerned, it's going to be a defensive late draft. Despite you know some of the latest additions, the Raiders have to really 
knock it out of the park when it comes to the draft because that's been their their issue over the past what several years close to a decade yeah and again we're going to get into Mo's column in the next segment so we'll do that uh but I think I think the Cam uh Sims signing is as a sneaky good one I'm not I'm not here to tell mm-hmm. you he's a pro bowler but he mm-hmm. to same position you you look at him in Washington with no quarterbacks right um a guy a young guy with good talent that just didn't really have, I think, a lot of opportunity last year. He played in 17 games. He only started three of those, but but not exactly an offensive juggernaut in Washington. So so we'll see what they're able to get out of them. They 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 like what they see there. Um, Mo, the other thing too that we're starting to see is a story emerge this week, and I know it's all conjecture, but we got to talk about it. Which is this idea that the Raiders now, with where they're at and the needs they have on defense, they need to get more picks. And so we're starting to see a lot of mock drafts, and I'm talking about from um, from respected journalists, too, not just uh, those of us who just go on and mock drafts, but some some heavy hitters out there, that, including Vic Tafer over at The Athletic, who says the Raiders may trade, I think he had them trading twice, actually, in the first round, trading down mm-hmm. to get more picks in the second and third round as well as a first rounder for next year. So, so what are the chances that we see that? I think, I think people are starting to coalesce around the fact that, okay, if they can't get, not that they won't try, if they can't get into the top three to get one of those quarterbacks that they may like, then guess what? They may trade down, go after a cornerback because they need one. And with Gonzalez coming out of uh, Oregon, you know, there's a guy there that, that would be a game changer, I think, for the Raiders. What do you think of that thinking and how the kind of collective – is starting to sway, thinking, well, maybe the Raiders won't go after a quarterback. Maybe they're going to go after picks and more defense. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy60. It depends on who's available at 7. If the rate is aren't interested in training up to number three and they stick at seven and they don't like any of the quarterbacks available enough to take them at seven. I would say I would advise them if they could, because you always need a dance partner to trade back. Mm-hmm. Yes. Trade back so that you can accumulate, accumulate picks. Cause again, with the way the Raiders have handled free agency, they still have to fill a lot of spots. So the mm-hmm. more draft picks in the top hundred, the better. So I would say, yes, if you're not going to choose a quarterback at seven, trade the pick. Go down a, a several spots or a few spots, as Vic Tafer did in the athletic mock draft. Now he took uh, Weatherspoon out of Illinois. That's yeah, right. I don't. I forgot if Jer- uh, Joey Porter Jr. was available. I'm sure Gonzalez was off the board, but I think I would yeah. prefer Porter over Witherspoon. That's just my opinion. I think uh, Porter is more experienced as a starter, but Witherspoon is not is no slouch. I, I get why people do like Witherspoon coming in because he did show a lot over the past year. So I get the pick. And I get the strategy. Again, if you're not going to take a quarterback at seven, I can very well see the Raiders moving down some spots to accumulate draft capital and feel more of their uh, needs across the roster. 
Yeah, and I, and I think that it's interesting, though, because it's going to be if, – if they do trade down, let's say, or even if they stay at seven and go defense – um, you kind of, I mean, there's, there's going to be a lot of good players in that first round up front and on the back end. When you look at this Raiders team, the division there, I mean, I, you can't, to me, you can't improve one without the other. You have to improve the interior of the defensive line and even at end, get another body. And then you also have to improve the, the back end, because if you do get a pass rush, uh, you got to have somebody to defend back there. So I think the Raiders early in this draft, uh, if they don't go quarterback again, they they need one of each, I think. Here's the thing, and this is what a lot of people have been bringing up to me in this scenario. What if Gonzalez is available, or what if Jalen Carter is also available at seven, mm. and you don't take a quarterback, what do you do? And mm. I would tell people, I know this is going to sound like a cop-out, but I really can't make a decision on Jalen Carter unless I talk to him. Yeah, Because if I have a one-on-one conversation with Jalen Carter, I will understand, okay, what, what happened going into your pro day? Why were you overweight? Why were you mm-hmm. out of breath? You know, why did you have such a poor showing at the pro day? And you'd know this is basically a live job interview for you, especially what's, what's gone on with you this offseason. You had to show up during the pro day. If you were to come in yeah. overweight and out of shape, it's not a good sign. So before I say the kid is a, a malcontent, the kid is a big question mark as far as his work ethic. I would want to speak to him because I understand when you have legal issues that could weigh in your mind too. Remember, these are these aren't 35, 40 year old men. They're they're still relatively young, right? Coming out of college. And something like legal situation hanging over your head again could affect your performance. So I would want to speak to him before I say, no, we're not taking. Now initially I came out and said I wouldn't touch him. Now he, you know. Went through the legal process. I would say, let's bring him in the room. Let's talk to him. Let's see where his head is at. And based on what he says, if I like the vibe of what's coming from him, I would consider it. But if I didn't like the vibe or if I still had lingering questions about him, I would take a quarterback yeah. there at number seven. Yeah, and I think I think that's where they're going to be. And and I I was the same way. I said, listen, don't I'm not touching the kid. But you're right. In retrospect, you think about it. All that legal stuff comes up during the combine. You know, just catches him off guard. Uh, at least we think he caught him off guard, and that just puts him in a tough position. And so you could see a kid losing focus between then and his pro day, uh, because we all go through things in life that cause us stress, and we lose focus. Imagine a kid at twenty, twenty-one years old, about to become a multimillionaire and play in the NFL, and you have that that hanging over your head that you might go to jail. So, so I get that piece of it, but it's an interesting quandary because I just don't know. I guess it comes down to, to your point, if there's a player there that they think is the best player available at one of those positions, at heck, at any position, you got to take them. But to me, the defense, you have multiple picks, and I think, I think that's why I favor them. If they're not going quarterback, I favor them moving down because I think you have some value at the top of that draft, especially if a Carter's gone. Gonzalez still might be there, but he might be there in the middle of the first round. So you could move down a couple picks, get some more compensation for next year and for this year, and really be able to, uh, I think, solidify a good draft class with a bunch of bodies that you need on defense. Here's the other thing. I understand why Raider fans would want to take a chance on Jalen Carter because he's clearly the top interior defensive lineman in this draft. Whereas with Gonzalez, some people like Porter, some people like Witherspoon. You know, there there are some options there. Different people may have different quarterbacks at the top of their board. So there's no real tight consensus. But when it comes to that particular position and being that it's a big need for the Raiders because we saw what even just Tillery could do in the middle and unleashing or helping uh, Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, at least on the edge. 
what an interior defensive lineman, a playmaking interior defensive lineman can do on passing down. So I understand the one for Raider fans saying, if Carter's dead, we have to take him, regardless yeah. of what's going on in the background. But I, what I will say is that with his situation, you have to remember now, I know this is a different person, different regime, but what, what, what Hemi Ruggs went through yeah, and now what Jalen Carter is attached to right now, it's bad optics. I will say that it's bad yeah. optics, but you cannot punish Jalen Carter for what Henry Ruggs did. But I will say that picking him after what happened with Henry Ruggs, you're going to have to do some explaining. You're going to have to say, well, we believe in this kid. His yeah. situation is different. We yep. spoke to him. We feel good about what's going on with him. And that's why we drafted him at seven. Yeah, you almost need a, a PR campaign coming into the draft. If, you, if you're going to get him and you're going to pick him and make him a commitment to him, then you have to rehab his image uh, with the external audiences. Not that they – if they believe in him, they believe in him. But you're right, not only the Henry Rugg situation, but then just the kind of malcontents the Raiders have had come through that roster in the last few years, including Damon Arnett with the gun and all those Arnett. issues. You know, there's just been so many things going on. So, so the Raiders have to be careful, and I'm sure that's on Mark Davis's mind, even though he's not making football decisions – um, I'm sure he's a little bit involved in the draft, at least informed, and you can see where that would be a concern of his as well. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, Mo and I are going to get into his column that ran on Sports Knot, where he talks about the importance of this draft for the future of the Raiders and for specifically the future of GM Dave Ziegler and Coach Josh McDaniel. So we'll get into that when we get back. You're listening to Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere. 